stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah. What's the song? I don't even know what it's called, but it just, the only part of it that I can remember is the word perfect, because they say perfect the same way. Oh, as us? Yeah. Well, they say, like, perfect. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. In French, it's parfait. In Spanish, it's perfecto. <laughs> I was really hoping that you would come out here with the donkey quote. Um, parfaits? Everybody loves parfaits. Parfaits may be the most delicious thing on the whole damn planet. <laughs> well, hi. That's gross. <laughs> Welcome to Avocado Toast. That rhymed. Yeah. That's gonna be our new. That's gonna be our new intro. That's gross. It's avocado toast. Avocado toast is fucking delicious, though. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, well, I'm Nicole Lotto, and I'm Jesse Alperin, and welcome to episode what the hell ever. I think we're maybe six. six. That's fucking wild. Yeah, it is. For the tenth episode, we're gonna we'll do a podcast in the car, and it's just gonna be me complaining about other drivers. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but for real, this episode is going to be about inclusivity. Yeah, which is... Specifically within the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have any... I mean, we actually... Do you have news, or... Oh, yeah, no, I, I actually do have news. Okay, I was yeah. like, I don't know if we have a new segment. I, I but think it's less, like... Stuff um, always happens. It's less individual events, um, compared to past weeks, but it's still a lot of stuff. Yeah, especially yeah. with... I know what one of them's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see. I wrote this all sort of in order. Okay, I'm actually gonna skip the first one because that's gonna be the one that takes the longest. Cool. Um, apparently, New York City is divesting from private prisons. I don't know where my source is from that, but I think it's probably Pod Save America or Pod Save the People. That's good. Um, also from one of those podcasts, um, Hawaii's trying to instate universal basic income. Um, which, if we did that countrywide, would be great for combating racial injustice, Mm -hmm. because that's the main reason why we have such enormous income disparity. Mm -hmm. Um, Hell yeah, Hawaii. mm -hmm. Yeah, Hawaii's doing it right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did write a question mark next to that, so it's, I don't think they're passing it right now. I think Mm -hmm. it's being proposed. Gotcha. Um, the Department of Education is going to scale back on investigation of investigations of racial harassment, etc. Wow, not surprised. Mm-hmm. Yay, thank you, Betsy DeVos. Um, this can is joke. <laughs> yeah. This is probably the funniest thing. Um, Steve Bannon says Spicer isn't doing press briefings because he got fatter. <laughs> what? You didn't see that? <laughs> no. Okay, so that I took directly from the like the BuzzFeed article that was like about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, what does that even mean? He like didn't do a briefing one day because I don't know this like administration is just full of secrets and they don't want to talk openly about like anything. Anything. And so when they should be <clears throat> talking openly to the press, which they don't do, and when they do do it. They lie mm-hmm. or withhold vital information that, like, makes it seem almost like a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they were doing their usual bullshit, and Spicer didn't do a press briefing, and I think Steve Bannon was there to be like, yeah, no, no press briefing today, and he said that the reason was because he was getting fatter, which is so <laughs> shitty, just like... 
to the people. And yeah. then also, like, why is getting fatter an excuse? Like, what does that yeah. even mean? I'm very confused. Yeah. Um. Oh, my God. I hate this entire administration. Yeah. I can't deal with it. Um. Side note, I hope Paul Ryan's having an awful day. He didn't do anything in the news lately, but I just hope that he is. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, all right, time to start with what I have learned recently from Pod Save America, and if this isn't the biggest endorsement for them, like, I don't know what is, but um, Trump is going to be sending 1,000 more troops into Afghanistan. Uh huh. God. God. Let it go. Yeah. We I... have no fucking business being there anymore. We... I mean, didn't really have much business being there in the first place, to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest. But, yeah, I am uh, really disgusted. Yeah. We shouldn't be there. And the why are we putting more troops there? I, we don't need to. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. The, I guess the only reason is probably to be like, see, we need more money for the military budget when we don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Disturbing. Um, uh... Oh, yeah, this is another thing that they were talking about referring to the press briefing is that um, by not having these press briefings, like, when they're not having them, um, is, like, a way for the administration to systematically dismantle um, the press briefing, which is supposed to be meant to, like, create transparency between the administration and the people. um, And, like, they're treating these briefings like jokes, which is, like, not what they are. They're super important. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, okay, so the rest of this is all about the healthcare bill. Mm. Yeah, it's just a lot. So, uh, there's potentially going to be $1 trillion in cuts to Medicaid. Yep. Um, we have also that, what I heard last, this, most of this was written down when it was all still rumors, um, was that Medicaid cuts were going to be extended till 2025, but the yeah. cuts were going to be deeper. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer confronted Mitch McConnell about how much debate will happen over the um, health care bill, mm-hmm. and McConnell does not want to go over 10 hours of debate, which is ridiculous because it took about two years to pass Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Well... That's just, like, how long. But, like, not how long it was, like, on the floor. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to have two months to read the bill. Mm-hmm. And um, Republicans threw a fit about that at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, there were somewhere over 120 um, amendments to the health care bill mm-hmm. um, from Republicans. Right. And they don't want any amendments from Democrats. No, they, like, w- they want to get this thing out and passed within the span of, I don't even know, like, I think, like, like you said, no more than 10 hours of debate. Literally, I, my, I can't wrap my head around it. It's ridiculous because it's, they don't trust democracy. Mm-hmm. They don't they want democracy. Yeah, they're, they're not interested in it. And they're hiding this bill from the people. Because they know how shitty it is. Yeah. Like, why are you doing something to hide it, like, you shouldn't be making a public policy that needs to be hidden. Yeah. You know, what is, you need to think about what is wrong with that. Public policy should be public throughout the whole process mm-hmm. as much as is possible. Um, and, like, 
I lost my train of thought, but I had something else to say. Well, I'll talk about how, um, like, one of the changes from the House bill that's being made to this, if I remember correctly, is somehow, oh, they, I, I think they made it more quote-unquote moderate mm-hmm. in the sense that, like you said, the cuts to Medicaid were over a longer period of time, mm-hmm. which is, which would apparently, like, appease the moderates who were on the which fence about it. Which doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. It's the same shitty stuff. But this is, I remembered what I was going to say, is cool. that they're treating it like a preemptive tax cut for the 1%. Yeah. So they're trying to sort of work it into tax code. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, which is how right now Obamacare works is it's done through tax code, right? which is one of the reforms that needed to be fixed. Yeah. My dad does tax preparation. He says that that was a really, really frustrating change that was made. Mm-hmm. Um, but by changing the way that it's done through tax code does not mean, you know, giving tax breaks to people who don't fucking need them. They don't need them. They don't. Yeah. Um, so the rest of what I have written down is what is official from Mm -hmm. the report. Yeah. Um, so it's going to defund Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Which... For one year. For one year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they hadn't said how long it was going to be for. Yeah, in one of the reports that I read about it, it said it's going to defund it completely for one year. And then, because I think... You know it's probably going to continue. Right. I think the motivation behind that is to fund it for one year, and then, like, hopefully in that year they can convince uh, whoever to make it long, make, extend that. And, like, I see where that appeals to moderates, where it's, like, it's only happening for one year, but, like, it's so fucking terrible. So, um, here is who is going to be affected by the Medicaid cuts. (laughs) 49% of all births. Yep. 64% of all nursing home residents, 30% of all adults with disabilities, 40% of all poor adults, adorts, 39% of children, 76% of all poor children, and 60% of all children with disabilities. Almost every single one of those numbers was over 50%. Mm Mm-hmm. Which... And it was all disadvantaged people. Yep. Like... They didn't, though none of those, like, percentages were for, um, normal, healthy adults, mm-hmm. you know? It's always for well, the we'll people... Say, we'll say able-bodied, healthy yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, my bad. That's good. Um, but it's not, f- it's for the people who, like, actually need this health care. Yeah, they need this health care. They need the extra health care that Medicaid gives them, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you're not on Medicaid because... You just decided you didn't want to do a different kind of healthcare system. Right. Like, you're on Medicaid because you fucking need it's it. It's life or death. Yeah. And what they've been saying is that, like, tens of thousands of millions of Americans are going to die within the next year. Yep. Yeah, which is unreal. Like, it's unfathomable Un- how many people are going to die from this. Yeah. If it... And I keep wanting to say if it's passed, but, I it's mean... It's going to get passed, which is horrible. Which, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that we can do to make sure that it doesn't get passed. Um, I am planning on probably Monday, since I think that's the next time... Well, you know what? Maybe I could leave a message. I'm going to call my senator, make sure that they do everything possible to Convince keep it, others. Well, to extend the debate, you know, to yeah. get it to go past July 4th, mm-hmm. you know, because the longer 
they have before it gets officially passed through the Senate, right. the longer people have to get educated about it and right. to start contacting their senators, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, I've been meaning to contact my senators all week, and every day I'm just like, oh, God, I'm tired, and I know the senator is tired, and I don't want to call them right now. Mm-hmm. But, like... You have to change that mentality because it's literally life or death. Yeah. Um, I will say, I'm pretty sure our senators are chill. Yeah, no, ours are They're always... Good. Yeah, they're almost always voting in the right direction, I would say. Yeah. Um, um, but if you hear any of these names and you know that they represent you or they sound familiar, you need to contact them. So the following senators are on the fence. Collins, Murkowski, Cassidy, Flake, Gardner, Portman, Cruz, Paul, Lee, and Sass. You cannot let any of these senators get away with this. If these senators vote yes on this bill, these are the senators that are 100% at fault for letting thousands of people die, and we can't let that happen. Yeah. Not for their own sake. I mean, I would love to see these people thrown in jail, (laughs) but, like, we should not be forcing millions of Americans to be without health care and to then, you know, potentially die, which many of them will, mm-hmm. just so that Donald Trump can get an extra tax cut that he does not need. Yeah. 100%. I'm just, I'm so upset about this. It makes me really angry. Given that uh, all of the disabled people that I know that this would affect, it's a really terrifying reality to face. Like, I know that mm-hmm. in the long run... I'm probably going to be fine because I don't have any really debilitating health issues. I don't have any chronic uh, kind of things going on with me, but I know so many people that do. And Mm -hmm. literally, like when I say they rely on healthcare on this Medicaid, I mean it to the fullest extent where if if they had any of it cut whatsoever, they would almost immediately be put in extreme jeopardy. Yeah. I mean, I have several chronic conditions, which right. I haven't really, like, spoken about that much on here, because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not really that, you know, relevant. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I'm 20, and I am currently, under the law, going to be covered by my parents' health care until I am 26. Right. So, you know, the way that I look at it, I don't necessarily have to be stressed out about this right now, mm-hmm. because, um, with all likelihood, I'll still be covered until I'm 26, and... If by then, you know, it's repealed, then, like, thank fucking God. Right. Um, because all of the issues that it's going to cause for pre-existing conditions, those will directly affect me. Yeah. But this is going to affect every single person. It's going to affect the way that our healthcare that we currently have is, you know, how it handles all of our illnesses and doctor's visits and medications. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to affect how much you pay for co-pays is going to affect how much you pay for medicine yeah because um medicaid you know it helps out these people but then it also contributes to how expensive these programs are like you know these health cares that you buy yeah yeah i don't know the right way to say it but privatized yeah privatized health care or health care that you get through your um employer right um and it's going to affect what these companies then decide to cover and how much of it they decide to cover, you know? So it will eventually affect all of us. Mm-hmm. And by eventually, I mean probably within the next two years. Yeah. If it gets passed. Yeah. Which, like we said, it probably will. Um, 
I... I'm hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Yeah, I mean, we really need to get to the July 4th recess, so obviously people can learn about it, but then also um, it gives Democratic senators more time to propose amendments Mm -hmm. for this bill, because this bill needs to be fucking amended. It was written in secret, behind closed doors, with senators and lobbyists from Big Pharma and from these insurance companies. Right. And they shouldn't get the say over, you know, what people get coverage. They're just concerned about their bottom line. Right. And people aren't a bottom line, and we can't treat people like that. Exactly. Uh, I have one piece of news that I remember. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Missouri just voted to, uh, make it legal for employers to fire you if you are on birth control. What the fuck? Yeah, if I remember correctly, so... Why is that necessary? I could... How would they even find out? I don't know, but to be perfectly honest, I just think that Missouri needs to go. Yep. Um, (laughs) That's just my opinion. In other more irrelevant news, Colorado passed um, a bill saying that it's no longer illegal to text and drive if you're not doing it recklessly. I don't like that. Yeah, it's a weird law. Um... Uh. One other thing, which one of my friends was directly involved in. Oh, yeah. So, shout out to Kina. Um, in Texas, uh, Texas officially voted to, uh, hold on. I'm not gonna say this right. Uh, I think it might have been Texas voted to sue Texas? Texas is suing itself? Someone is either, either someone is suing Texas. Okay, or Texas Or Texas is is suing, like, the Senate or something like that. Oh. Because they had, uh, there's this bill called SB4, which, uh, what was it about? It had to do with, like, the DREAM Act, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... I'm so sorry that I don't have any information on this, but if you Google, like, Texas SB4, you'll be able to figure out, like, what the dealio is, but they held, like, a, I guess a town hall of sorts, um, the other day, and, uh, my friend Kina actually spoke at it. Ooh! They were taking, like, comments, uh, and input from concerned citizens, and she got to go up to the mic and express, uh, why SB4 is a racist crock of bullshit. Um... 42 minutes ago, oh God. a website, kview.com, so I don't know how credible they are, you know, they're not, like, a super major news network. I don't even know what that is, but... Um, on. yeah, I mean, I really only like to sort of quote, like, Washington Post, CNN. Right. Ones that we know right. have real reporters. I don't know how real this is. But the top story, 42 minutes ago, was posted, Department of Justice sides with Texas in litigation over SB4. Sides with... Fuck! Yeah, signs with Texas. What the shit? Yeah, I don't but understand what this bill is. I don't understand. I don't understand how that happened so quickly, considering they literally decided this like yesterday to sue. I guess to sue Texas. I guess it was a case that didn't take that long to decide. That's fucked up. Oh, I remember what it is now. Okay. Oh, what is it? It basically requires police officers to um, check like, citizenship status for anyone who, like, like, and I'm not fucking around when I use this exact, like, phrase, people who look like they might be illegal immigrants. 
That's why it was a racist crock of bullshit. Yeah. They're, and when I say required, I do mean required. Um, it's required for them to check every brown person's ID? Pretty much. Let's see. I'll, I'll say uh, this is exactly what I got this from the uh, Texas legislature online. Um, effective on, I guess, September 1st in 2017. Uh, relating to the enforcement by campus police departments and circuit and certain local governmental entities of state and federal laws governing immigration and to related duties and liability of certain persons in the criminal justice system providing a civil penalty creating a criminal offense. So I don't exactly know what that means, but I know for a fact that it's basically requiring police officers to uh, racially profile people. That's horrible, and you know they will because it's Texas. Yep. So I feel like this has been... (laughs) Sad. So we can just, we'll we'll scooch right on in to the main topic, which is inclusivity, uh, mainly within the LGBTQ community. Yeah, so what prompted us to talk about this is that we have a very close friend who we love very dearly, who... I'm not going to name names. Okay. I was yeah. like, are we going to do this? What? Oh, no, no, no. I, I mean, I think it's important to say, like, why you want to talk about something. And, you know, this way, sort of, if the friend who is listening knows that you were thinking about things that they were saying, they can, like, maybe, I don't know. Foster discussion? Yeah, or just, like, take in, like, the other side of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a friend who... Um, recently we were having a discussion about, um, asexuality because obviously, and I'm going to say obviously because it's fucking obvious, ace people are LGBT. Q plus. Q plus, yeah. (laughs) They belong in the community. We are very staunchly pro-ace. Yeah. The A is for fucking asexuals, not (laughs) allies. Uh... Yeah, so, and our reasoning for this which should be everyone's reasoning, is that asexual people are not straight. Mm-hmm. And so we were having this sort of discussion. Um, I don't remember why. Probably one of us was confused. Um, was this about asexuality? Or was yeah, this about... it was about the asexuality. Um, I think it was because... Ooh, okay, I had said something to the friend, and then she was like... Um... Oh, no, 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 this was all because... Um, she had talked about how she, I, I mean, I guess we're doing pronouns. Um, yeah, that's fine. She was talking about how she and her boyfriend had gotten into a discussion, um, about, like, queering straightness. And, Ugh. yeah, that's the thing, is that, uh, her boyfriend believes that you can be queer, queer and, and straight, straight at which the is same time. Which is counter- counterintuitive. That's not how it works. Yeah. Um... And, like, the whole, like, idea coming behind what she was saying was that you can be demi and heteroromantic. That's what she was trying to say. But, like, demi is still part of the ace spectrum. Right. You know? It's... Okay. So, part of this was also confusion over what um, demisexuality is. So demisexuality is, um... As defined by the demisexual... I forgot what website Yeah, it was, like, the asexuality or, like, dot org something. Yeah, um, they were saying that it's when you experience very, very minimal sexual attraction, 
I mean, not like you should have to quantify how little your sexual attraction is, Mm -hmm. but it's not non-existent and it's not, you know, I am sexually attracted to this person that I saw on the street or I'm sexually attracted to one of my friends that I know. Not something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's minimal sexual attraction that comes through having a strong emotional bond with a person. Right. And it doesn't have anything to do with libido because you can be ace and have an emotional connection with someone and then you know, decide to become sexually active with that person. Mm -hmm. Um, You can be ace and have a libido but not find another person sexually attractive. The whole thing about sexual attraction is the attraction. So there has to be something else that you're attracted to. Libido is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the ace community, there's a lot of... I feel like a lot of... I'm going to say it's straight people Mm -hmm. um, or people who you know, are not woke queer people, um, don't understand that romantic attraction can be different from sexual attraction, Mm -hmm. and that's why there's a lot of ace people who are homoromantic or heteroromantic. One of my good friends, um, is a trans ace homoromantic guy. Mm -hmm. So he only ever dates guys. He's only interested in men. Um, he is a guy, but he does not have sexual attraction to these people. Mm-hmm. He can notice that these people are good looking, which is different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I really want to make out with this person. I want to make them feel good in a sexual way. It's like I can notice that that person is very aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. which is different than being attracted to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, But so a lot of, like, straight people, because that's mostly who I hear it from, or, like, people who are new to the LGBT community or just are not well-versed, often see this sort of quote-unquote gray area in the ace community and see ace people as straight. But that's just not how it is. I also see it from a lot of gay and lesbian people. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's, I've actually, the most hatred towards asexual people that I've seen has come from within the queer community. Really? Yeah, which is really heartbreaking because this is supposed to be a community that unifies us uh, and, you know, creates a space where everyone feels included Mm -hmm. if they're under a um, minority sexuality, I guess. Yeah. Um, And I actually, so I I have this uh, post that explains, um, it. I think it really nicely sums up what me and Jesse's uh, like, main arguments as to why asexuals belong in the community. Yeah. Um, and so, this is, I mean, it's from Tumblr, but I think that it's a, uh, very- There's some good arguments Yeah, there's a very, it's a very concise, uh, answer. So, the question was about, like, do you think cishet asexuals are part of the LGBTQ community? Um, and so this person says, uh, there's no such thing as a, quote, cishet asexual. Because a person cannot be both heterosexual and asexual. They are two distinct and mutually exclusive sexual orientations. One directed at people of the opposite sex exclusively, and one not directed at anyone at all. A person who is sexually attracted to no one cannot be sexually attracted to the opposite sex. That just doesn't make sense. And then it goes on to explain how asexuals can have sex with people of the opposite sex, um, and even enjoy it, but... And they bring in, like, so can bisexuals and pansexuals, who, uh... Oh, well, this person, never mind. Um, but, so, yeah, and so then they bring up one of the biggest 
uh, arguments from within the queer queer from within the queer community uh, against asexuals being in it is about like they don't face homophobia, or, which is not true. Yeah, um, and like even, I mean, we well, definitely yeah, not in like the homo way. They face like um, asexual erasure and you know acephobia or whatever the correct word yeah. is for that. Yeah, um, and like even even if. I mean, we 100% acknowledge that uh, there's different, like, gradations of uh, oppression and, like, um, homophobia that people experience, depending on, like, what your... uh, Or whatever the, like, phobia is, transphobia, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least for me, like, one of the most important points that I see in this argument is, um, and, like, I'm always saying this, it's not the oppression olympics yeah. um it should not matter how much or how little uh, oppression or discrimination you have faced because of your, of your orientation or identities i'll say because trans transgender is not <laughs> an orientation yeah yeah um it should matter about your identity like if you are not cisgender and heterosexual hold on let me um yeah, if you were not, like, cisgender and heterosexual at the same time, then you belong. Like, yeah. if if you're a transgender heterosexual, you're in. Like, if, yeah. you're, if you're a cisgender asexual, then you're in. Because yeah. you're, it's the, the qualifying factor as to whether or not you can be in the community is just not being straight. Yeah. Or... Yeah, it's just not being straight, pretty much. Yeah. Um. And then, like, the other thing, I do want to say this. I don't like how much gatekeeping there is. There's a lot of gatekeeping. Um, but the... But boundaries are important. Yeah. And the boundaries are knowing what is ace and knowing what is not ace in this case. Mm-hmm. You know, like, being ace doesn't make you straight and... Being on the ace spectrum doesn't have anything to do with your libido. So if you're making claims based off of heteronormativity or libido in reference to the ace spectrum, that is not how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you should brush up on your definitions. You should talk to some people who are ace and not just, like, one ace person. (laughs) Several ace people. You should watch the documentary Ace, or it might be be Asexuality. It was on Netflix and now it's gone. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's a... If you are confused on this, there is a lot of material out there. You Mm -hmm. know, like, there's a lot more about the ace community than there used to be. Right. Um... So that, yeah, because there was, there was another uh, really good point in the post about, specifically speaking to, like, the oppression point that I was talking about earlier, where, um, I mean, if, first of all, it spoke about, like, the different microaggressions that asexual people experience, because we live in a very sex-crazed society. Yeah. It might not, I mean, we're, we're pretty much desensitized to it just because of how, uh, saturated like, everything that we experience is mm-hmm. with sex. Yeah. So, for someone who is asexual and um, is might not really be into that whole thing, um, it can be, like, a very, I, I don't want to say jarring experience, but, like, it's it's not how we, as non-asexual people, experience the world. And yeah. so, when you have 
um, it's kind of, it's like, it's basically just like the casual comments of like people expecting that you're going to have sex one day, that you're going to get married, you're going to have mm-hmm. a baby, all that kind of stuff. It, I mean, if they, those may seem like really inconsequential comments, but, but it can really fuck you up. Yeah. And like, even if you're, you know, queer, but not on the ace spectrum, you can get those sort of comments and like, they can be really upsetting. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, you'll want to, where's your husband? Mm-hmm. When are you going to get a boyfriend? I mean, like, those comments are really frustrating, especially if you don't feel like reiterating, I'm not straight every single day. Right. You know, you don't want to always have to come out to these people that make these microaggressions to you. Yeah. Um, And so that post went on to say how, like, if you're basing, like, inclusivity in the community uh, off of, like, how much oppression you faced, um, you know how do you justify uh, someone, a, a gay kid who has grown up in, like, very, very liberal San Francisco and mm-hmm. has two very loving parents and has go, goes to a school that's very LGBTQ uh, positive and inclusive yeah. compared to an asexual kid who uh, might, you know, get a lot of shit for, um, you know, not, I don't know, going out and being a player with yeah. girls when they're in their teen years and having people not understand, like, oh, why don't you... I don't know, want to have a boyfriend? Oh, you don't want to get married? That's insane. Just all these... And I'm I'm spouting out a lot of stereotypes right now, and I understand (laughs) that, but, like, the fact that I'm just saying that, like, it's very illogical Mm -hmm. to base gatekeeping off of how much oppression um, a category faces because sexuality is very individualistic. Mm -hmm. Like, it... On a macro level, you have, like, the community, like, even within your own um, category, whether you're gay, lesbian, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to how you experience your sexuality, it's a very individual, personal thing, and it is not, your experience is not universal, so. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, very frustrating for that, so. Yeah, and that sort of goes into our other point of this whole inclusivity thing is that... (laughs) Um, also related to that same friend who we do love dearly, um, recently Nicole reblogged a post about, um, kinks. Yeah. It was, like, a joke post, right? Yeah. I, well, okay, I'm pretty sure, um, so the post was a screenshot of, like, part of a comment that was clearly from, like, another post, and that one comment just said, like, is kink not a minority? Um, and that is to, the, what, what I mean by that is, um, there's, like, people who believe that, uh, like, kink, like, the whole kink community, like, Mm -hmm. belongs within the LGBTQ community. And I think part of that comes from this whole meme of kink shaming, (laughs) which, like, it's, it's just meant to be funny. Like, you're supposed to do whatever you want in the bedroom. With, yeah, I mean, obviously, if it's consensual and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. That kind of goes without saying, whatever we say, stuff like that. It needs to be consensual, otherwise, it's rape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I, I reblogged that post because I thought it was funny, and I said, like, in my, in my in my tags, I was like, well, that's, like, the entirety of the kink discourse in one picture. And then in another tag, I had said, like, the answer is no, by the way. Because I don't believe that kink is part of the LGBTQ community. So then our friend had reblogged it, and in her tag, she had said, 
Um, I don't actually remember what exactly she said. You but said it was... something along the lines of, oh, I don't, I don't really know. This is a tough thing to think about. Yeah, she basically, oh, that's what it was. It was like, yeah. oh, you know, it's, it's an interesting, like, topic to discuss. And I was like, I, I, I didn't speak with her about this. Yeah. I just saw the tags, but I was just like... We were talking about this earlier today in the car, and it's just... Yeah. Keeps on coming back. So, the thing... The, the whole thing is that there is such a thing as too inclusive. There there are boundaries, and, and here's the thing, too. It's, it's all a very frustrating thing to talk about because, on the one hand... I, I'm very, very aware that all of these boundaries that we're talking about are socially constructed. There is nothing inherently, uh, like, no one is inherently born. Societies are not inherently made, like, there's nothing natural about boundaries. They are all entirely man-made. But, I mean, the other thing is we're not at a place for the deconstruction of these boundaries either. Because the thing is, is that some boundaries, and by boundaries we, we just kind of mean, like, like categorization Mm -hmm. is that it provides new opportunities for new communities and new bonds to be formed over a shared identity um and so when it comes to the lgbtq community that is about you know finding community in others who are a minority uh sexuality and identity yeah um but the and those things are inherent to a person is where this is really coming from like you know you (laughs) being gay is not a choice that kind of thing yeah um you know and you i mean this isn't true for everyone but if you are out uh and you're proud that was (laughs) (laughs) that was a weird way to phrase it but basically no but basically like if you're out and you're not scared of like freely being yourself uh in public and stuff like that um that's a very visceral thing that people can pick up on and you know you have to navigate your life almost every single part of your life uh around that identity because it really fundamentally shapes your life experience yeah and i was saying this to nicole earlier today is that like you construct your whole life sort of based off of where you see your future going And so for straight people, a lot of the way that they construct their lives is by planning to marry the person of the opposite gender. Um, A lot of these people want kids, and a lot of these people want to sort of continue their legacy in that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they envision living with a person of the opposite sex until they're really old, and, you know, they take care of each other. And, you know, it's this whole vision of what your future family is going to be and what I don't even, what your wedding's gonna look like. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also affects, like, what you do socially. Right. Which I think is something that um, a lot of straight people misunderstand, like, all the time. Mm -hmm. So you hear this argument a lot, or at least you used to, sort of before the marriage equality Mm -hmm. thing was passed. Um, It was, you would hear from a lot of straight people, especially older straight people, oh, like, I'm accepting, but... I don't want to know what you do in the bedroom. Mm. But being gay is not just about the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Because being gay is so much more than that. Being gay is where you go to meet other gay people, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you're not alone. Um, It does affect who you're friends with, you know. Absolutely. Like we said last episode, like, very few straight friends because 
we just do different activities frequently. Right. We engage in different kinds of media differently. So um, if I hear about a queer band or a TV show that has even one queer character, you know, just like the little bit of bait that they'll give me. Immediately flock to it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I want to see myself represented because representation fucking matters. Mm -hmm. And it's not just what you do in the bedroom. It is who you see yourself with, who you walk down the street with, who you're friends with, what you talk about. Um, what activities you engage in. Yeah, and even it can go Outside so, the bedroom. Outside the bedroom. And it can even go so far as, like, sort of how you decide to dress yourself. Because there are, you know, gay stylings. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of a funny thing to think about, but mm-hmm. it's true. Right. You know? Um, so, when it comes to kink... It's that, totally different. It's entirely different because that is relegated to the bedroom. And we also want to make it a point where if you take your kinks, if you take, like, visible kinks uh, outside of the bedroom and you move it into a public public sphere, that's, that's non-consensual. Yeah, you are bringing your bedroom to them and people having to see you, um, like, for example, um, if you were into... Um, like, power play, mm-hmm. um, sort of degrading your partner, um, in a way that is overtly sexual, um, is forcing other people into your relationship. Yeah, if you want to role play where one of you, I'm speaking about a specific post. image yeah, yeah. Post that I have in my head, um, it's a picture of, like, you know, this dude and he has his partner, because I, I don't want to say girlfriend because I don't know what they're... Yeah, but I think she's a girl. Yeah. Um, but it's like, but basically it's like this person who has their partner uh, on a leash and they are in a shopping mall and... Um, a cop is a, coming a, up to them. A security guard walks up to them and is clearly telling them that they can't do that shit in a public space because yeah. um, you guys can choose to role play uh, and do whatever you want within the privacy of whatever place you choose. Um, but nobody else in that mall consented to being part, not, not, not necessarily being part, but, like, to witnessing your role play. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where the biggest line gets drawn between, you know, the queer community and, like, kink community. Um, Yeah. And, like, a lot of people with kinks have their own community, you know, because there are, like, conventions and stuff for, like, BDSM because- You know, that is a market, which is the big reason why it has conventions, Mm -hmm. because you can buy stuff for your kinks. Right. Which is different from pride, which is meant to be liberation Mm -hmm. and celebration. Right. You know, and it's not based in capitalism, like a lot of conventions often are. Yeah. Um... So Which that's... is, that's totally <laughs> off topic, but... Well, no, capitalism is always relevant because it shapes <laughs> literally every fucking thing that we do. That's true. Um, so yeah, that's just, that's our <laughs> view when it comes to... And, like, I I understand not wanting to step on anyone's toes and yeah. it's it's definitely a process, especially when you are in a place of such high privilege that pretty much all of our friends share or yeah. at least... Uh, you know, used to share, and because, like, you know, we're all white kids, or at least white presenting, yeah, uh, in, like, a moderately rich county. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, like I've mentioned before, it's the eighth richest county in the country. It's so, oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But, like, we're coming from extreme places of privilege, mm-hmm. 
Um, and so, you know, learning about all of the injustices in the world and the oppression and discrimination that people face, uh, you know, your knee-jerk reaction might be to just be like, oh shit, like, everyone is included. Then in that case, nobody should have to feel like they are excluded from anything. But, again, it's it's about community building. Yeah, the problem with letting everyone in is the problem with neoliberalism. That's pretty much, yeah. Yeah, is that if you keep saying, yes, everyone's included, yes, everyone's included, people with kinks can be in here, um, people who are straight are now queer, um, well, first of all, it's just inherently wrong. Wrong. It's just, <laughs> it's not, just wrong. It's just it's, not true. And it's counterintuitive, um, but, like, the way that neoliberalism tries to let there be a platform for everyone to speak, mm -hmm. there can't just be a platform for everyone to be included, because, to quote the Incredibles, when everyone's super, nobody is. <laughs> Fuck, that was deep. I fucking love the Incredibles. I know, I'm, it's they're coming they're out of the sequel! <laughs> it's, we're so close, we've been waiting how many... <laughs> Oh my god. So long, we got so excited. <laughs> yeah, because I fucking love The Incredibles. I know, I also love The Incredibles. I cannot wait. I want to see it at midnight. I yeah. saw Toy Story 3 at midnight. Oh my god, I haven't even seen Toy Story 3 because it makes me want to vomit just thinking about it because it's too sad. It is really sad. Because also it came out when we were going off to college and I wasn't it's... ready for that. Oh, no, it was a little bit before that. It was when I was still friends with Kristen. Oh. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but back to the topic. <laughs> uh I mean, Incredibles 2 can be the topic. It's always relevant. Um, what were you going to say? Just that... Kinks just don't... They don't belong because, like, you can be gay before you're ready or interested in sex. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, you can have crushes on girls the way that little kids have crushes. Mm -hmm. And having a kink, like, that is an adult thing with a capital a 18 plus like i'm sorry it's i mean it can develop earlier but yeah but it is not something to be in really a space manifests. that really is having an issue with being accessible for all ages in the first place right you really honestly you can't be gay before you're 21 if you don't want to be miserable <laughs> i'm just straight up really really better that i can't go to gay bars yeah what anyway um, I remember one point that I wanted to make, um, which is, like, also, <laughs> there's different kinks, uh, or there's different, uh, we'll say desires that some people view as being kinks, and I'm namely thinking about pedophilia. Yeah. Which, number one, pedophilia is not a kink. If you or a loved one... <laughs> Uh, is experiencing those kinds of feelings, then you should, I'm not joking when I say this, probably try and get some kind of therapy mm -hmm. to talk it out and figure out, like, what's going on there. Yeah, therapy such as cognitive behavioral therapy can be really effective, mm -hmm. and it's worth trying. Yeah. And so I just wanted to say that, like, the queer community is already so vilified for being, for seeming disgusting to mm -hmm. straight people and seeming dirty and sinful and all of those negative adjectives that I, I mean, at least for me personally, don't particularly want people who are legitimately dangerous, yeah, like pedophiles, in the community to feel like they have, and, and like, again, like, this is the whole, like, oh, part of me just doesn't want to step on anyone's toes, but like, no, I fucking, 
I hate pedophiles, and yeah. uh, I think that they are legitimate dangers to everyone around them, and so I do not want any pedophiles in my community because you're <laughs> if you're if you're acting on it, then you're disgusting. But if you are if you are grappling with emotions like that and you think that you might be traveling down that path, then you can look into, like, therapy. Yeah, because, you know, getting help to prevent um, any action, including Mm -hmm. um, accessing child porn or doing anything further, if you can prevent those things, you can give yourself and other people around you a better life. Right. Um, So I (laughs) saw your fur... Because, I mean, I don't have anything else, so I didn't... Yeah, but, like, pedophilia is not a kink. It is a problem. Um, kinks are not part of the queer community. Straights are not part of the queer community. But asexuals ace people are, definitely. Are, ace people are not straight. Mm-hmm. If you're ace, you aren't heterosexual. Yeah. So. I mean, I will say this. I We're speaking as if we're the experts on asexuality, and that's not... that's We don't we want are not to presume... ace people, but this is what I know from the exposure that I've had to ace people and right. to ace, um, uh, discourse from asexuals. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that is, uh, the tea. Yeah. That's how we should end this! And that's the tea. I've been Nicole Otto. I've been Chessie Albrin. This has been Avocado Toast. And, and that's, that's the tea. tea.